Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus. We're so glad to be with you today. Amen. We we love to bring the Word of God uh, to all who will take the time uh, to get into the Bible with us. Get the Word of God inside of you. Praise God. If this seed called the Word of God gets into a good ground heart, the Scriptures declare it will bring forth fruit. Some thirty some 60, and some 100-fold today. That is the greatest bargain I've ever heard of, that the seed planted could be a hundred times multiplied because it finds ground in which it can grow. And I pray you're bringing a, a heart to receive, a heart to hear today. You know, the Scripture says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the church. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help us to teach the Word and going to help us to hear with more than just our physical ears, but with our spiritual understanding today. Open the eyes of my heart. It's a Christian praise song not too many years ago. And we're just praying that God will open the the ears and eyes of our heart to hear and see what God wants us to hear and what God wants us to see in His Word today. We're going to be talking on this series of devotionals about Jesus, our mercy seat. It's all about the mercy of God today, and we pray that you'll go to the Word with us. And I'm just going to pray, Heavenly Father, I pray today as we open our hearts, open our ears, and open our hearts, that you will open the eyes of our understanding, that we might see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear, apply it to our life, and be what you want us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles today, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 7, on the subject, Jesus, our mercy seat. You know, as we turn there in our Bibles, grace gets a big spotlight, and so it should. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the grace of God, the goodness of God. But there would be no grace of God if it wasn't for the mercy of God. Remember the scripture, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help. The order here is mercy flows first and it allows for grace to flow. So we're going to be talking about this mercy and its place. We're going to shine the spotlight, uh, not from grace to mercy, but equally the grace and mercy that God has expressed to us when Jesus went to the cross for us. So let's read this from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And you hath he quickened, that literally means to be made alive, spiritually made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience.' 
among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, oh, there's so many scriptures that have this beginning statement to turn every thing around. Remember the scripture in the old covenant, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. Hallelujah. But God here in verse four, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. You see, because God is rich in mercy, he releases his grace to you and to me. Verse 6 says, And has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. I'm going to read part of this from the Amplified. And it said, But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he hath quickened him. It is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. One translator paraphrases this and and saying immense in mercy with incredible love he embraced us. Immense in mercy with incredible love he embraced us. In John Enser's book, The Great Work of the Gospel, he examines the question, what motivates God to make the astonishing offer to forgive all of our sins. Taking his cue from Jonathan Edwards, Enser says, it's all about God's mercy. God desires to make his mercy the apex of his own glory, he says, in the eyes of all creation. It is the ultimate reason for the creation of the world and the plan of redemption. It is the ultimate reason we should believe He is ready to do a great work of grace in us. Hallelujah. You see, friend, today examining God's mercy takes us beyond the cross, where we not only see what God has done, but why He did it. It wasn't nails that held Jesus to the cross. It wasn't the power of the Roman Empire. It wasn't some great good in fallen man. It wasn't something that merited or deserved. It had to be immense mercy and incredible love. Mercy is an attribute of the character and nature 
of God himself. First Chronicles 21.13 says, And David said unto Gad, I'm in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hands of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. Friend of mine, Jeremiah, would have despaired because of Israel's rebellion and God's corrective judgments in the land. But his faith rested on the great fact he knew about our God. And Lamentations is, is, is a book of the blues. He, he's lamenting uh, the fact that he has preached. He has called for repentance. The people have rejected God's prophet and God's word through his prophet. He has not seen fruit of his ministry. And yet he continued to declare the truth of God. But now he's seeing the result of rebellion, the result of, of this hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. And he said, when I consider in Lamentations 3, before we get to verse 21, he said, when I consider the, the, the wormwood and the gall, the bitterness of all of this situation, he said, my soul is humbled within me. Now, humility is a great virtue for the Christian, but how this word is used here means his soul is crushed, literally crushed by seeing the result of rebellion and sin and the lack of repentance. And he says in verse 21, this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Now, it's important to remember, these are not judgments meant to destroy Israel, but to bring them back to obedience, repentance and obedience, so God could restore them. All chastisement is, is of covenant people is for the purpose of repentance and restoration. And that's why the Bible said in the New Covenant, <laughs> don't faint when you're chastened of him. Don't faint. He's not trying to kill you. You know, we have a dog that we have had. We've had him now for 10 years, and he's the sweetest dog we've, we've ever owned and I've ever known. Uh, we call him Buddy because that's just what he is to us. Uh, a homeless man found him lost in the woods, emaciated, flea-bitten, flea-ridden, brought him to our church and said, Can anyone here take this dog off my hands? I can't hardly feed myself, let alone have a pet. And my wife heart just went out to him, mine too, but we were had two vehicles that day. She put him in the car, and he act like he had never been in an automobile, and he shook, shuddered and shook all the way home. When we got him here, we put him in the sink. He was a six-week-old puppy. We put him in the sink to bathe him and, and give him a flea bath and get those fleas off of him, feed him, give him water, and, and we were talking lovingly to him all the while we were bathing him. But he was crying and shaking all over. He thought maybe we were trying to 
kill him, drown him. (laughs) We didn't put his head under the water. We washed his head. We washed him all over. Then we wrapped him in a towel. And he thought that our intention was possibly to harm him and he was helpless. And our intention was to help him and love him. In God's motive and chastisement is because he loves you and he loves me. It's because of his tender mercies toward us that he chastises us. Friend of mine, that's why the Bible says, Do not faint when you are chastened of him, for he chastens, listen, to every son that he loves and scourges everyone that he receives. It doesn't mean he's trying to to break us. He's trying to make us into the person that he can bless, the person that he can shine out through. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. And the Bible said, if you be without chastisement, you are bastards and not sons. God doesn't acknowledge you as his child, and you cannot call him your father. Oh, but the day we receive his mercy, by the grace that allows us to receive Christ as our Savior and our sins to be forgiven, we begin to talk to Him as our Heavenly Father. And He calls us His very sons and His very daughters. Oh, how great is the mercy of God. Listen to what Jeremiah said. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, therefore my, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. Hallelujah. He's not just saying God is faithful in in a generic, uh, all uh, encompassing statement, although he is. But specifically, God is faithful to show mercy because God is faithful to his own character of love toward you and toward me. And God will always act in accordance with his unchanging nature and character. God's mercies fail not. He is faithful. You know, the scripture said, I am the Lord God of Israel, and I change not. Whatever he was, he is today, and he always will be. Praise God. You know, that's why the Bible said, because of his unchanging nature, (laughs) The the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And I want to stop here and say even his chastisement is a good and perfect gift. Because if it wasn't for it, some of us would have veered off into a precipice. We would have we would have played in the traffic had our parents not come and grabbed us and and spanked us and told us to never do that again. It wasn't because they wanted to harm us. It's because they wanted us to never forget the danger, and that's how God operates toward His children. God is a merciful God. Make no mistake about it. And even his chastisement 
is because of His great love and concern for you and for me. Maybe the trial that you're in right now is a trial to cause us to come back to God if we're slipping away from Him or look to God if if we're depending on ourselves and others too much. Oh, friend, there have been times of chastening in my life, and I've always looked back on it and seen the love of God in it and the mercy of God in it. God's mercies fail not because He is faithful to His own character of love, and He is faithful, therefore, to show mercy there is hope in the darkest time in your life, in the darkest and deepest valley, there is hope because His mercies are new every morning and His compassions fail not. No matter what the present trouble, even if our own sins have brought it upon us, if we repent and return to God, He will act in mercy because He is faithful, unchanging, in His character of love and of mercy. Listen to what 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful. He cannot deny Himself. In other words, He's faithful to His own character of love and mercy. Even if we do not believe on Him, it will not change Him. Now, that goes on to say, if we deny him, he will deny us. Remember the scripture? If you confess me before men, I will confess you. There's his faithfulness. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and his angels. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father and his angels. Scripture says that with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Oh, friend of mine today, God is faithful to show mercy to those that will turn from their sin and look to Him through Christ for forgiveness. Amen. And the Bible said that God forgives us for Jesus' sake. In the New Testament, I like the Amplified. It said, if we are faithless, faith, faithless, do not believe in and are untrue to him, he remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Now, don't get this wrong. It doesn't mean we can continue to live in sin and have grace. No. Grace is provided so that we can turn from our sin and turn to God. And then grace flows to you and grace flows to me. And I've been saved for all these many years. And friend of mine, I'm still amazed at his grace. One translation said he cannot deny who he is. And we are saved because our Lord has extended us mercy not because of merit on our part. This is why grace is so glorious. It is absolute unmerited favor. Titus 3.5 is very, very clear. It says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, 
but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as gentle as rain from heaven, someone said. These famous lines are from The Merchant of Venice by Venice by William Shakespeare are true in every way. Mercy always comes down. It starts with God and it moves to man. It begins in heaven and it ends on earth. You don't bargain for mercy because to make a bargain, you've got to have something to offer. And we have nothing to offer God until we're saved. And then after we're saved, we can give Him everything. We can give Him our all. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, and again, that the mercy of God is the stimulant for our total devotion to follow Jesus. Listen to this carefully. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you offer your body a living sacrifice. It's the total of our being. You see, your body is the container for your soul and spirit. And the scripture says that God wants to sanctify us wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Spirit, soul, and body. That we might be H-O-L-Y. Holy. Amen. I love the song. It says, just as I am. Without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I've been saved all of these years, decades, and I still feel that mercy and that grace. And if I wasn't saved today, and I have been for decades, I would get saved all over again. Just as I am, just as you are today, just as you are with nothing to offer God except to come to Christ by faith in His mercy and His love and His offer of forgiveness, to repent of our sin, to confess our sin and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Receive the gift that mercy has provided. Receive the grace that flows from the cross to you and to me. Just as I am, I want to go back to that great hymn of the faith. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am in waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot. O Lamb of God, I come. You know, you may not know all of these verses. I'm going to continue to read them as we get ready to close today. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict Many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. 
just as I am, poor, wretched, blind. Sight, riches, healing of the mind. Yea, all I need in thee to find. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive. Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Someone listening to this Bible study today needs your sin forgiven. Someone needs that heavy burden lifted from you, that shame, that guilt, that fear. Oh, friend. And God stands ready because of His great mercy to forgive your sin, to receive you as His covenant child today, that you might call Him Abba Father, and He might call you His very son, His very daughter. And I pray that you will run to the mercy seat. Run to Jesus Christ today. Don't run away anymore. Don't hide from God. He's bidding you come. Answer Him and say, O Lord, I come. I come. And friend of mine today, because of this amazing grace, if you have doubts and fears as a Christian, as a believer, and you feel like you have never merited any further blessing than your salvation, I want you to understand that every gift from God is a grace gift. And without His mercy and grace, we would never qualify for any of the blessings or any of the benefits. And I want you to come boldly before the mercy seat, before Jesus Christ today, to obtain what He offers you right now, mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. Don't let the devil disqualify you from all that He has provided. His mercies are new every morning. God bless you. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>